Well, good morning. Uh, it's, um, I'm so thankful for Tony and Dave and those that uh, open up our Sunday school time. Uh, they do a wonderful job of, of uh, preparing us for uh, worshiping the Lord and, and uh, listening to his word. And I, I so much appreciate both of them. And so this morning... I just want to tell you that I left my little clicker at home. Uh, <laughs> somebody said that's good. <laughs> so this morning we're in the very last chapter of the book of Proverbs, and we've been here for some 17 weeks or so. Um, we will have one more lesson um, next week on speech, um, but uh, we'll be in the last chapter uh, the book of Proverbs uh, this morning. The theme for the uh, book of Proverbs is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And of course, uh, the book of Proverbs is full of instruction for us, uh, things to practice and things to not practice, to stay away from. Our theme statement for this morning is, a godly leader listens to wise counsel to resist the lure of ungodly women, which will destroy him, to re resist the use of alcohol, which will cloud his mind, and to lead and speak on behalf of the rights of the afflicted who cannot fend for themselves. An excellent wife is one who fears the Lord in all her actions and as a result, enables her husband, husband to be all that he can be. Uh, there are two sections uh, in our lesson this morning, uh, verses 1 through 9, and also verses 10 through 31, which is uh, the uh, uh, Proverbs 31, wife or woman. And uh, there... They're uh, connected in a way, but in a way they're not connected. In fact, uh, when the uh, Septuagint was uh, translated, that's the Greek translation of the Old Testament, uh, they actually took the first nine verses and put them between chapter 24 and chapter 25. And I actually went and looked at the uh, Septuagint. I know enough Greek to be dangerous, but... Uh, and I could tell that's exactly what they did. And uh, so, uh, but in the Old Testament Hebrew scriptures, uh, they are as you see them here. And so we will treat them that way. So let's read uh, verses one through nine, and then I'll comment on them. The words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. What, O oh my son? And what, O son of my womb, and what, O son of my vows, do not give your strength to women or your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire strong drink. For they will drink and forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to him whose life is bitter. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his trouble no more. Open your mouth for the mute, 
for the rights of the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. These are a mother's words for her son, the king. And um, the writer is King Lemuel, whose name means belonging to God. But the source of the wisdom given to him is his mother. So it's his mother who is actually, uh, he's saying, this is what my mother taught me. Um, uh, so who is King Lemuel? Uh, John MacArthur writes, uh, he is whom ancient Jewish tradition defined, uh, identified as Solomon, but who is otherwise unknown. So it's not certain that it was Solomon, but uh, most people think that it was. Matthew Poole wrote, Solomon by the general consent of both Jewish and Christian writers. So we, we can't know for sure that this is Solomon, but there are strong implications that, uh, that, that it is true. And if King Lemuel is Solomon, then Solomon's mother, it would be Bathsheba. All through the book of Proverbs, there are exhortations to listen and to heed your father's teaching and wisdom. There are also exhortations to listen and to heed your mother's teaching and wisdom. Uh, our mothers and our fathers um, have a lot more experience than we have as we were growing up. Uh, I was fortunate to have a, a father who was uh, a pastor of a church, and, um, and my mother was his equal. In fact, when they, uh, when they dated, one of the things that he loved about her is that she loved the Lord. And uh, so I got to grow up in that home, and I can tell you there are things that that I think about every day that my mother taught me. Um, there, there were some very practical things that I do every day, and every time I do that, I remember my mother and he, how she taught me to do this. And uh, the same goes for my father. Uh, there are things that I remember about him. So, um, and Proverbs tells us that too, in Proverbs 1.8, hear my son, your father's instruction, do not forsake your mother's teaching. And then again in Proverbs 6.20, My son, observe the commandment of your father. Do not forsake the teaching of your mother. His mother expressed her passion for her son, her duty to her son, and her commitment to the Lord. Uh, there are three what's. Um, uh, as we uh, read that passage, what, O my son, and what, O son of my womb, and what, O son of my vows? Um, what, what, what? Uh, and we can hear the passion of her voice. Uh, o my son, uh, what words should I speak? My heart is full. Where do I be again? Um, o son of my womb, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, um, just as Adam said to Eve, uh, it's an intensely personal relationship of a mother with her son. The son is the one I carried and painfully birthed. The son I raised and taught as a child. Um, it's my God-given duty to do that. And then she says, O son of my vows. 
she probably had made a vow to God. Lemuel's name means belonging to God. Um, and remember that Hannah had made a, a vow uh, to God and as she gave Samuel back to the Lord. And it appears that, uh, uh, that Lemuel's mother did the same thing. Here's Samuel, uh, here's uh, Hannah. She, she greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed uh, look on, your, on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and a razor shall never come on his head. And uh, of course, that's exactly what happened. Um, and in this case, um, you remember that David and Bathsheba Sheba, uh, lost their son of adultery. Um, he, uh, David prayed earnestly um, that the Lord would heal him, and the Lord did not heal them. But shortly after that, they uh, were given a child whose name was Solomon. And I wonder if this truly is Solomon and Bathsheba that are involved here. And uh, that was a vow that she made to the Lord if she would uh, have another child. Uh, that's just me thinking, but uh, certainly it's a, po a possibility. Uh, the very fact that his name means belonging to God, I got him from God, but he belongs to you. Uh, and maybe that was the, the vow that she made. Then Lemuel's mother gives him two warnings. The first one is do not surrender your life, um, conduct, and actions to the seduction of women or the su seductive pursuit of women, which destroys kings. And um, there's already been warnings in the book of Proverbs about this. Uh, to deliver you from the strange woman from the adulteress who flatters with her words, that leaves the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God, for her house sinks down to death and her tracks lead to the dead. None who go to her return again, nor do they reach the paths of life. And then Proverbs uh, twenty-two fourteen: the mouth of an adulteress is a deep pit he who is cursed of the Lord will fall into it. And of course, uh, the story of uh, King Solomon, who if, if King Lemuel is truly King Solomon, uh, he did not heed that advice. Uh, he had 700 wives, 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 3 through 10. 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned his heart away. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, as the, Lord, as the heart of David his father had been. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites. Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not follow the Lord fully, as David his father had done." Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable idol of Moab, on the mountain which is east of Jerusalem. That mountain would be uh, Mount Tabor, 
and uh, and um, and then for Moloch, the detestable idol of the sons of Ammon. Thus also he did for all of his uh, foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. Now the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, and catch this, who had appeared to him twice um, and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he did not observe what the Lord God had commanded. Um, when I read that and I read that part, uh, we don't have the pleasure of meeting personally with God, seeing God um, as, uh, as Solomon did. Uh, and it just amazes me um, that a man who has seen God, knows God, his father knew God, and for him to turn on his heels and build altars to other gods, um, that just shows you the power of sin. And that's why he is being warned by uh, his mother. Um, uh, Solomon was being warned, if that was Solomon, about the deadly impact of women on his life, evil women on his life. The second warning is uh, regarding the use of alcohol. Do not drink alcoholic drinks as king because it will tend to cloud the memory and judgment resulting, uh, uh, judgment resulting uh, injustice for his subjects. Um, it's, it's not for you, kings, uh, verse four, uh, for kings to drink wine, for rulers to de desire strong drink for they will drink and forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Um, they, will, uh, they will forget what their, the, the, the laws that they made, um, the rules that they made, and they will make unjust decisions uh, regarding the rights of the afflicted. Um, Proverbs 20, verse 1, wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is intoxicated by it is not wise. Proverbs 23, verses 20 and 21. Do not be with heavy drinkers of wine or with gluttonous eaters of meat. For the heavy drinker and the glutton will come to poverty. And drowsiness will clothe one with rags. Um, then the next, two, next um, verse is kind of strange to me. It says, at the same time. Uh, the king is encouraged to give others strong drink. Um, uh, look at verse five, uh, 6, rather. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to him whose life is bitter. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his trouble no more. Um, you know, when I read that, uh, what came to my word, mind is the word, really? Um, it just doesn't make sense that, uh, that uh, he would be given that advice. Uh, one commentator wrote, wine may have been acceptable as an anesthetic or drugs to deaden the physical pain or deep emotional bitterness and the pain of those who were dying. Or um, he could be saying that though others may have used drink as an escape, the king was not to do so. That's a possibility. Um, 
Both this commentator and John MacArthur pointed to Psalm 104, uh, verses 14 and 15. Let me give you that. He causes grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the labor of man, so that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine, which makes man's heart glad, so that he may make, so that he may make his face glisten with oil and food which sustains man's heart. Um, there's a sense that, uh, that, that uh, wine in moderation or alcohol in moderation uh, is okay and maybe had a good purpose. Um, but the words to the wise are the verses that precede that, even for us, uh, that we need to be careful about that. Um, Finally, a to-do for the king. Speak for the rights of those who have no voice and are downtrodden and judge righteously to defend the rights of the afflicted and the needy. Uh, twice he is told to open his mouth. Uh, open your mouth, open your mouth. Um, a double emphasis on what he is to do in speaking up uh, for those that ha have no, um, no support. Proverbs 30, 14, there's a kind of man whose teeth are like swords and his jaw, like, uh, jaw teeth are like knives to devour the afflicted from the earth and the needy from among men. And obviously he's telling him not to be that man, not to be like that, uh, a man who is harsh on people. And uh, even our, in our own government, we can think of people that are very harsh on people. Proverbs 31.20, this is the excellent wife, the excellent mo uh, mother. She extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hands to the needy. So here Lemuel is to be like the excellent wife. Before we read the rest of the chapter, uh, which is known as Proverbs uh, 31, the 30. Proverbs 31 woman, uh, the excellent wife. I want to make a couple observations about the structure uh, of this passage. Um, first of all, Proverbs 31 verses 10 through 31, 22 verses, uh, is an alphabetic um, acrostic. There are 22 verses and there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And um, I'll just show you how that works. So this is how so verse 10 would be the first uh, first uh, uh, letter of the alphabet of the of the uh, Hebrew alf alphabet and and then each one as you go down through the verses that the first letter in that in the Hebrew text is that letter and uh, and so um, there are others, other, you know, uh, things in the uh, Old Testament that are like that. Psalm 119, uh, we actually see that in English, uh, how that's divided up. Every eight verses uh, is uh, one of the, and it's in alphabetical order, starting with Aleph and going back to, down to uh, Tav. And you can see that when you look at uh, Psalm 119. Um, 
psalms, other psalms uh, that are also that way, and some of them you can see that, you know, there are just 22 verses. Um, psalm 9, Psalm 10, Psalm 25, and 34, and 37, and 111, and 112, and 145. And then Lamentations, the first chapter, uh, has 22 verses, and it's, it is also um, an alph- alphabetic acrostic. Uh, and then uh, same thing for chapter 2, which has 22 verses. And then when you get to chapter 3, it's also an acrostic, alphabetic acrostic, and there are 66 verses, and if you calculate right, that's 3 times 22. Uh, so um, it's, a, it's a method that is used in the Old Testament for some of the writers. And I likened it to uh, something like uh, my dad might say to me, uh, Dwight, A, I want you to go where you said you were going. B, I want you to drive and, and uh, uh, heed all traffic uh, signs. And C, I want you to be home by midnight. And that's the sort of idea that it is, that it helps our memory as we think about A, B, C, D. And I was really glad my dad didn't use 26 of them although he probably had them. So, but that's the idea, and uh, it's an important thing for us to remember. A second one is it's also a chiastic structure. Um, the shape of the Greek letter chi, which is like a big X, um, and this is how that looks. So and it uh, gives you the verses as well, um, but A matches... Uh, the A below, so a high value of the good wife and a high value of the good wife. Sometimes they're not exactly the same, but they're related. And um, husband benefited by the wife. Husband and children praised the wife is B, and I won't go through all of them. But the very middle of it is the point. Um, That's the point of the passage. And... uh, the point of the passage is a public respect uh, for the husband. And uh, John MacArthur wrote of this, uh, verse 23, he, the husband, is esteemed and respected by his peers in part because she created a world for him in which he could be everything God wanted him to be. I think that's a good uh, way to express this. Um, And that's why... Uh, it gets down to the point of the Proverbs 21, 31 woman is the exaltation of her husband so that he can be everything that God wanted him, that, that God designed him to be. So let's go through uh, these verses. Um, let me read it, read the whole passage, and, uh, and then we'll make some comments on each part. An excellent wife, uh, verse 10, who can find? For her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. 
She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good and her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands, hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with, with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. That's the pinnacle uh, verse. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. An excellent wife has enormous value, far greater than precious jewels. Um, very, uh, very rare is what, what the uh, picture is there. Um, and again, Proverbs, this is not a new theme in Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs talks about it. Proverbs 12.4, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is like rottenness uh, to his bones, in his bones. Ruth was uh, a woman of excellence. Uh, this is Boaz talking to her and says, Now my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you whatever you ask. For all my people in the city know how that you are a woman of excellence. Uh, Ruth was a hard worker. Uh, she was very loyal to Naomi and stayed with Naomi and and uh, served Naomi. Uh, Ruth was a woman of excellence. Proverbs 19.14 says, House and wealth are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. How true that is. Secondly, an excellent wife is one whom her husband totally trusts because she is reliable in pursuing uh, his best interests every day of her life. Uh, she always does her husband good and not evil. Uh, she's not deceptive. And the wife manages uh, domestic concerns so well that her husband finds his honest gains uh, increase and he sees that his confidence profitably rewarded. Trust is earned over time and the excellent wife has earned that over time as uh, she has been faithful in good decision-making. Thirdly, an excellent wife works hard to provide food and clothing for her family and delights in doing so. 
And so the next uh, six or seven verses uh, talk about that. Verse 13, she seeks wool and flax, um, wool for clothing and flax for linen. Uh, she willingly works, it says, uh, which means she finds pleasure in her work. Uh, this is not, not hard for her. Uh, it's a joyful thing for her. Verse 14, like merchant ships, she brings her food from afar. In those days, uh, there weren't supermarkets like we have today. And so finding food was hard work. And uh, she was able to do that. Verse 15, she rises early to provide food for her household and, and maidservants. And one commentator, uh, Jay Adams, wrote, uh, quote, Oh, you say she has maids? If I did, I could be like her. Wait a minute. You have maids like she'd love to have had. Refrigerators, stoves, freezers, microwaves, dishwashers, etc. Um, she didn't have any of those, but she was um, faithful. One kind of commentator also wrote, uh, the wife's considering and buying a field have caused some to question the validity of this poem because women, it is argued, were not permitted to do that in those days. However, in this wealthy household, she apparently had money to invest. Then out of her earnings from various investments, she plants a vineyard. Uh, she has a business mind and works hard, unquote. Verse 17 says that uh, she girds herself with strength and with strong arms. She works energetically, uh, incessantly, uh, doesn't get tired. Verse 18, her lamp does, no go, does not go out by night. And that speaks of her continuous dedication to her work and to her righteousness. You remember the five virgins of uh, Matthew 25 and spoke of their planning ahead uh, so that when the bridegroom came, uh, they were ready. And Proverbs speaks of the righteous and the wicked. And the excellent wife is righteous, uh, like the righteous, uh, 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 righteous virgins. Even Proverbs talks about this idea of lights uh, going out and relates, uh, relates it to the righteous and the unrighteous. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked goes out. And then chapter 24. For there will be no future for the evil man. The light, lamp of the wicked will be put out. And finally, in verse uh, 19, it talks about the distaff and spindle. I always thought to think of distaff as being my in-laws uh, in their family. But uh, uh, the distaff and spindle, these are tools used uh, to turn wool into thread and for making clothing. And so uh, these were the tools of the excellent woman. An excellent wife reaches out with provisions for the poor and the needy. Um, and we, again, we see that uh, the teaching of, of Proverbs. He who despises his neighbor's sins, um, but happy is he who is gracious to the poor. And a few verses later in verse 31, he who oppresses the poor taunts his maker, taunts the Lord God. But he who is gracious to the needy honors him. 
And then verse 21, 13, he who shuts his ear to the cry of the poor will also cry himself someday and not be answered. It's a warning uh, to reach out to the poor. An excellent wife spares no cost in protecting her family from inclement weather. Um, verse 21 talks about expensive clothing. Uh, verse 22, she makes her own bedspreads and expensive clothing, uh, clothing, fine linen. All this is a reflection of the Lord's abundant bless, blessing uh, to the excellent woman and, and her family. And finally, we get to, or not finally, but in the middle here, we get to the chiastic pinnacle. Um, an excellent wife enables her husband to be all that he can be. Um, and that's the, uh, that's the way husband and, husbands and wives ought to be. They ought to complement each other. It works the other way as well. A uh, husband ought to love his wife, as he's been told, and and uh, love, him as, love her as Christ loved the church. And in doing so, she will be all that she can be as well. And so it, it works um, both ways. Um, uh, one commenter, uh, wrote, commentator wrote, uh, though she is obviously aggressive and competent, she functions in a way that honors her husband's leadership rather than denigrates it. She respects him and builds him up, unquote. Another one wrote in verse 23, you must understand that her husband is not loafing as she works because he has a wife like her. He has risen to a place of prominence in the town so that he sits as one of the elders, town fathers, in the gates, the city hall. The verse is speaking about her in terms of what she has done for her husband. And and uh, an excellent wife does that. She raises up her husband. She raises up her family. Um, and it's an important thing for wives to think about. And again, I say that uh, not that the wife, the husband sits around and lets her do everything. Um, I mean, we need to love our wives as Christ loved the church. And so um, it works both ways. But we work as a team together. And uh, the wife has a very, very important part, a crucial part in that marriage, and, and uh, just as we've seen here. Proverbs 18.22, he who finds a wife, and particularly an excellent wife, finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And here's that apex that we're on right now, uh, public respect for her husband just because of her hard work and enabling him to do uh, what God intended for him to do. Number seven, an excellent wife adds financial resources for her family. Um, and she makes and sells linen garments and accessories. Uh, uh, and she, in a sense, is a businesswoman. She has a, has a knowledge of, of the world and, and what it takes to exist in this world. Number eight, an excellent wife is a woman with extraordinary character traits. 
Verse 25, she is strong, dignified, and confident. Says she smiles at the future. Um, uh, she, she understands uh, uh, what's going on in the world and, and actually can look forward. Uh, in, in the times that we're in right now, um, think about your own case, men and women. Uh, do you smile at the future? When I see what's going on, it's hard to smile at the future, but I can smile at the future knowing that, as Tony said, uh, God is in control. Um, it's not that he just knows what's going on. He is controlling what is going on, uh, and he is moving them to the time when he will be exalted and the Lord Jesus Christ will reign forever. So we too can smile uh, at the future. Verse 26, she is wise and shares her wisdom. Uh, she teaches others. Verse 27. Your slides are showing. Oh, what happened? We're just going to try to fix it for you quick if you want to keep going. Okay. Verse 27, she is organized and works hard. Uh, she's not idle or lazy. Um, and we've seen that in all the things that she has done. I want to wait just a minute, so. Oops, there you go. Number nine, uh, you can keep working on it if you want, but uh, see if that works. Number nine, an excellent wife is a woman who fears the Lord and thus is worthy of praise from her husband, her children, and her works. You know, when I look at all that is going on, and knowing that the fear of the Lord is, um, there we go. Okay, I think we're all caught up now. Um, when you get to the end here, and here you see the fear of the Lord, the, the theme of the book of, um, book of uh, Proverbs uh, is centered on the fear of the Lord. Uh, we saw that in verse 7, and we saw it in the last verse of this, the nine-chapter section of, of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs. Um, and then we see it here again at the end of, um, end of uh, the book of Proverbs. Um, so uh, the foundation and motivation of an excellent wife is the fear of the Lord. Uh, she is a woman who fears the Lord, has a reverent, uh, reverence for uh, the Lord God uh, in everything. She's not afraid of him. She worships him, she adores him, uh, and she fears him. Um, so let's look at, at a couple applications. 
I'm going to try and get us out here by nine. The name Lemuel means belonging to God, and we too are the sheep of his pasture and purchased of God. Um, Psalm 100, verse 3, so know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Um, we belong to God, um, particularly in, in uh, those of us who are in Christ. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, I glorify God in your body. Um, so those of us who are in Christ, those who are, who, uh, who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are owned by God. Uh, we are belonging to God. And then uh, Psalm 95.7, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you would hear his voice, you also can, um, can be part of his uh, sheep. And so if there's anybody in this room that is not in Christ, uh, that's an appeal to you to listen to his voice and to come to him. And then the excellent wife of Proverbs 31 is obviously the model for women in serving their families, but is also the model for all of us uh, in the bride of Christ, serving others and our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that we need to think that way. Uh, this is not just what the woman does. This is what we all do. We all serve each other. We all serve the Lord. And I think that's the message of uh, Proverbs 31 as well. And then thirdly, does anybody know what's there? Fear the Lord. Uh, I think if there's an application uh, for us uh, for the whole book of Proverbs, it is that. And I want to, I gave you an extra sheet, and I just want to go through that uh, in the time that we have remaining. Uh, because the fear of the Lord goes throughout the book of Proverbs. Uh, we've pointed it out in uh, chapter 1 and chapter 9 and chapter 31 but it goes all the way through the book of um, Proverbs. Here's uh, Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs uh, 1.29. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. If the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, if you hate knowledge, you don't fear the Lord. Uh, Chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, when you will discern the fear of the Lord, uh, it says, then you will discern. This is what, someone who is looking for discernment. It says, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And again, it starts with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and understanding. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Proverbs eight thirteen: the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. And it's a good question for each of us. Do we hate evil or do we dally with it? Um, 
what, what we watch, uh, what we watch on TV, how we live our lives, uh, the things we read. Do we hate evil? Then we ought to check ourselves whether we truly fear the Lord. Chapter 9, verse 10, and this is the bookend on, that, on the first, uh, first nine chapters. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy, Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Chapter 14, verse 2, he who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his way despises him. 14:26, in the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence and his children and his children will have refuge. You know, when when uh, the excellent wife said that she didn't fear the future, uh, it's because she feared the Lord. That's what this says. The fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, not only in the present, but in the future. The very next verse, the fear of the Lord is the fountain of life that one may avoid the snares of death. Chapter 15, verse 16, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil with it. It's better that we fear the Lord than pursue wealth or whatever things are unneeded for us beyond what we need, we'll put it that way. Chapter 15, verse 33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom and before honor comes humility. Proverbs 16, 6, by loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for and by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. If I truly fear the Lord and thinking about it, I, and have a reverence for my God, a reverence for my Savior, uh, I will stay away from evil. You will stay away from evil. How important it is to fear the Lord. Chapter 19, verse 20, uh, 23, the fear of the Lord leads to life so that no one may sleep satisfied and touched by evil. 22.4, the reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. That is true riches, is the fear of the Lord. Chapter 23, verse 17, do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord. Um, it's no need for us to look at sinners and say they have the freedom to do whatever they want, sin and all the rest. Um, we just need to fear, live in the fear of the Lord, of the Lord always. Chapter 20, verse 24, verse 21. My son, fear the Lord and the King. Do not associate with those who are given to change. And... I looked at uh, that word change, given to change, and, and a few verses down it talks about uh, mixing, changing, calling evil good and good evil. Um, and that's the sort of thing that we're dealing with in our world today. Um, and it says, my fear of the Lord, 
My son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate with those who are given to change. Um, the Lord, Lord God decides what is good and what is evil. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord or the fear of the Lord will be exalted. And finally, chapter 31, verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Are you tired of hearing about the fear of the Lord? You know, I think the message from the book of Proverbs is uh, um, the fear of the Lord is the foundation for our life, that each one of us needs to take take. Uh, uh, figure out uh, where you stand in the fear of the Lord. How much do you fear the Lord? How much do you reverence him in all that you do? And I trust that will be the desire of all of us, that we trust in our God, that we fear our Lord, fear our God. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, we do thank you for uh, the awesome God that you are. And we mean that in, in a way that says that uh, you are a great God, you are a holy God, um, you are an omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent uh, God. Uh, you are the God is the, that is the transcendent I am God. But at the same time, you are the eminent God, you are God with us, you are Yahweh, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And you are our God, and um, help us to always see you, not just as the God who is present, but the God who is, is uh, almost unknowable, way beyond us. Um, we just pray that uh, we would always see you that way, but take comfort that you sent the Lord Jesus Christ to live on this earth and to die in the place of our sin.